Good morning. It's that time again. Time for the Ladies View podcast. This is your host, Celine, and with me is the beautiful co-host, Heather. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing really good this morning. Good. Glad to hear. Have you had your coffee this morning? That's why I'm doing really good hey. this morning. <laughs> yes. I went... <laughs> I went out, excuse me, I had a little frog in my throat. I went out and I ran to Starbucks this morning and got my cafe and they in a double cup for me, which is so fantastic. And I got the sleeve and this, I mean, they just really took good care of me this morning. Did I don't they? Even know. <laughs> That's good to hear. Well, I've had my coffee too. <laughs> I had, I, you know, I ran out of milk. I had your black coffee. But it's okay. You know, mm -hmm. I could do well with it. Yeah, black. black coffee, Colombian coffee. Hey, you know what? It was good really night. good. And I was thinking of running out to Starbucks, except that I wasn't going to make it back in time for the podcast. So I skipped that. Um, in gotcha. any event, let's move on to our podcast for the day. Um, you're listening to our interview of the week segment. This segment is one where the ladies get an opportunity to talk to learn more about and recognize individuals who are on the move doing great things. These individuals are out there working, volunteering, creating, and pretty much living their purpose. On the line with us today, we have Melissa D. Jarboe, a Kansas native, former corporate executive turned philanthropist. Melissa is the founder of the Military Veteran Project, a volunteer-driven charity committed to the treatment of post-traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain injury, and suicide prevention for pre- and post-911 veterans. Melissa, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Good How morning, everyone. Good morning. How are you this good morning? morning? Doing great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. And Melissa, before we go on into learning more about the Military Veteran Project, can you share with us who Melissa DiGiarbo is? Oh, I've never thought of it in that, that way. <laughs> um, you know, when I, when I think of myself, the first thing that comes to mind is that I am a mother to four amazing children. Um, you know, I, I was, a, I'm going to say the word greedy corporate executive back in the day. Um, you know, growing up in a single uh, parent household um, and being in and out of foster systems, my main focus when I was young was just to grow up and be successful and have a lot of money. Because as a child, I saw that we didn't have money and there was a lot of things we did without. And so my drive was focused on that success level and, you know, getting money. Mm. And, you know, a lot of things halted that. And I literally want to say that God humbled me um, when he gave me such a man as, as Jamie Jarbo. And so, you know, marrying a military man, it, it humbled me to the sense that I learned that selfless service is, is the main purpose. Mm -hmm. And so when I, I think of the definition of Melissa Jarbo, I just, I think of a woman who um, was misdirected and then guided and now has uh, went through trial and tribulations and focuses on the triumph. Wow. 
Well said, mm -hmm. Melissa. That is that is pretty. That was a mouthful. Yes. You should see my face right now. <laughs> Seriously, Sorry. I'm like I wish I I I, I wish I could have said something that great about right. myself. Honestly, um, so Melissa, this is Heather. Um, I also uh, am married to someone who is former military. So my husband served ten years in the military, and. I never pictured myself when I was growing up being married to a military man. And it sounds like you didn't either. That is correct. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, I kind of figured that because you said you, go ahead. Yeah. I never pictured marrying a enlisted soldier at that. Right. Right, exactly. So when you made the decision to marry Jamie and you knew you knew what that life was going to be like, I assume, right? Or did you not know? Did you not know what it meant to be a military wife at the time? No clue at all because when Jamie and I were married, you know, Jamie came into my civilian world. And so he would drive back and forth to base an hour away. We were never on the military post. We did not participate in military activities. You know, we literally lived a civilian lifestyle. And so, you know, the only time it came to realization was before he was going on that third deployment. And he sat down and said, look, we're going to plan for two things. We're going to plan for me to come home and live happily ever after, or we're going to plan my funeral. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it is. And I think that was uh, mm -hmm. the epitome of a realization for me as a military spouse that that could possibly happen. Right, exactly. Which obviously, um, you know, which is one of the reasons why we're speaking to you now. Can you tell us a little bit about, obviously, you know, you started this military project, the military veteran project because of your husband, Jamie, and what happened to him and his transition. Can you please tell us uh, what the military veteran project is and why you started it? Most definitely. The Military Veteran Project is a volunteer-led charity that's gone worldwide, um, and we're on a mission to prevent military suicide through treatments and research not provided by the Department of Defense Administration. And if you would have asked me, I'd say 10 years ago, if I would be a number one volunteer, um, volunteering, you know, um, 60 hours a work week, uh, I would tell you you're crazy. Um, but after my husband was deployed to Afghanistan, the reality of being a military family came to light, especially on April 10th, 2011, when I received the phone call that my husband was wounded in battle. Mm. Um, you know, you don't ever think about the what ifs, you know, you think about life, you think about death. And that's what Jamie and I plan for. We either plan for him to come home and live happily ever after or we planned for him to come home and I was planning his funeral. And so when he was wounded in battle, um, Jamie was outside the wire for 23 days. On that 23rd day, a sniper shot him in the left side of his neck and instantly paralyzed him from the chest down. And my husband refused to die on foreign soil. He made a promise um, to Celestia and Alexa, which is our daughters, uh, that he would come home. And Jamie fought through that. And within 48 to 72 hours, the military was sending him over to Walter Reed in Washington, D.C. And I was able to be bedside to him on April 12, 2011. Wow. And, you know, what I was able to learn inside that hospital um, was, was hard to see. Because we always think that our, our veterans are getting the best quality care. And 
And there's these number one doctors out there taking care of them. And, and I had to learn through the hard way through the Department of Defense and through the Veterans Administration that that was far from the truth. And it was probably the most disheartening thing you would ever see as an American. Mm-hmm. And so, I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, so with Jamie and I being in the hospital, um, you know, we had heard about a few of his soldiers that had actually committed suicide. And Jamie being paralyzed from the chest down, not able to breathe, eat, talk, walk, you know, everything he had to do, he had to do through me. And so we reached out to the families of the suicide, um, the soldiers that committed suicide. And, you know, Jamie just said, I want to help them. We got to do something. We have to fix this. And so we started early on. The Military Veteran Project was created right when we were in the hospital. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That is so fantastic. Now, Melissa, to to piggyback off of what you said, um, I was just having the same conversation with someone recently about the government and how they really do not take care of our men and women who serve in the military. They, They really don't. So it's like when they are serving everything's okay and they have, you know, the money that they need and they have that the, the medical benefits and all of that. But as they're transitioning, right, as they're either getting out of the military or as they are, you know, uh, between tours or as they're out and, you know, transitioning and trying to get back into z- civilian life, it's almost like the government forgets them. Do you agree with that? Yes and no. Do I, do I think mm-hmm. the government on purpose forgets about the men and women who are fighting for the freedoms that we use each day? No, but do I think there's so many policy and bureaucratic red tape going through it that nobody knows what their really their their job title really is? Yes. You know, I, I believe that the government, I believe Department of Defense, I believe the Veterans Administration has a mission for a purpose. You know, however, with that being said, they're just unable to execute effectively. They're unable to accomplish goals because of all the policy and procedures for the past 50 to 75 years that are set up that nobody knows how to fix. Mm. Okay. And that's what we, and that's very true. Yeah. Right. And that's what we see inside the department of defense. You know, we even have active duty soldiers right now um, that are in the military medical world that are not receiving adequate care. Cause there's just so many, and we're looking at all these new diagnoses where, you know, we're looking at traumatic brain injury or is it traumatic brain injury? Is it characteristics of post-traumatic stress? Or is it just the fact that these men and women have been in combat or have been through such a grueling experience, even during training, that their brain is just not able to heal? They're dehydrated, they're sleep deprived, they're malnourished, mm-hmm. and they're going mm-hmm. through hypervigilance. You know, the increased right. relative blood flow in these guys and gals' brain they just need conditioning. They need to be taken care of. Right. Wow. Right. And it's almost like we have to start with them from scratch. And I honestly think that people just, they, you don't understand unless you have been associated with someone in the military or in our case, obviously married, mm-hmm. you know, to people who served in the military um, who have gone through this. I mean, the PTSD alone, people do not understand Right. How that affects them and the people around them. Honestly, honestly. So, Melissa, so you're saying that you're volunteering 60 hours per week. Please tell us about that. (laughs) You know, um, when we started the Military Veteran Project, what I saw was a lot of distaste from the community and civilians, um, non-military or even military individuals that just didn't like the fact that 
you know, some of our nonprofits are around the world had executive and corporate corporate directors that were making six figures. And we just did not want to be like that. And so, you know, I took a vow when we started MVP that I did not want to take a salary. Um, I still have it to this day. Wow. And it's been, you know, almost seven years running. And so what we focus on is we just gather in our, you know, our wounded warriors, our veterans, our, you know, families of the fallen, our gold star families, and volunteers around the world that want to help us make a difference and save lives. And we just continue to do that every day. So I also volunteer on, on so many different boards. Um, I'm in Washington, D.C. a lot. Um, and what that means is that when I don't take a salary or, you know, we're volunteer-based, um, you know, we're putting our passion first. We're putting our, our mission in, and we're full throttle just going right into the trenches. Wow. Wow. Um, Melissa, I'm going to um, go back a little bit. You were talking about PTSD, and I learned through your website that about 22 U.S. veterans commit suicide a day. That is a huge, huge number. Melissa, what are some of the symptoms and signs of someone who does have PTSD? What can they look for? You know, I... Is it PTSD or is it a misdiagnosis of traumatic brain injury? We don't usually push it right on the post-traumatic stress aspect of it. Okay. Um, but, but what we're looking at is those characteristics I spoke of early. If you see a veteran um, that is struggling sleeping, there is something wrong. And with the point, they cannot get a full night's sleep. That brain is operating and it's, it's depriving them of sleep and it causes you know, hallucinations and other, uh, other issues. Um, you know, hypervigilance, if you notice some of our veterans are very hypervigilance, we taught them as a government how to do that. Um, but when you're looking at those characteristics too, it's detrimental to our service members and veterans when they get out into the civilian world because they're constantly stimulated. Their brain is always moving. They can't get it to slow down. And so when you look at post-traumatic stress, you're looking at an increased relative blood flow of the upper extremity of the brain. And what we have to do is just like if you had um, a broken bone, right? Right. You don't just take clonopin or narcotics to heal that broken bone. You cast it, you let it rest, and you don't step on it or you don't use that arm. Mm -hmm. And with our brains, it's hard to do. But realistically, right. what our veterans need is, is those characteristics need to be treated properly. Mm. And can you tell us or share with us about how this would affect not only the veteran as an individual, but their families when they come home? A huge impact. So right now with the Military Veteran Project, what we're seeing is military caregivers mm -hmm. are also um, you know, contemplating suicide because they just feel like they're at their wit's end. You know, we have um, spouses, mother, father, children taking care of our veterans and they just don't have the answers. They're going to the Veterans Administration or they're trying to seek medical care, but nobody seems to know how to correctly treat them. And so it can directly affect the families. Um, we actually lost a military child two months ago because she couldn't help her father. Wow. And he wasn't the same man mm. that left her, you know, when she was five or six years old. And now this man, when she was 10, came into her life and, you know, it's not her daddy. And wow. so it, it directly impacts our community. It directly impacts our families. Um, you know, it's something that we need to fix. Wow, that, that's heartbreaking. And is there some type of services that the military offers while they are 
on active duty to maybe prevent some of this? Okay, that's a loaded question. You know, I think each branch um, of, of service is different, you know, from our Army, our Marines, our Coast Guard, um, National Guard and Air Force. They're all different in their, their medical or their support system. I believe there are FRGs, which are family readiness groups that are out there that's nationally trained, a federally funded program to help the families. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, there's, there's other nonprofits that definitely assist the families. You know, Elizabeth Dole Foundation has the Hidden Heroes. We're a big supporter of Elizabeth Dole and the Hidden Heroes program because it helps educate the caregivers and the family members. Okay. Um, but as far as the government going, um, you know, if the military wanted you to have a spouse or a family, they would have assigned you one. And that's, that's the foundation of it. Wow. Hmm. <clears throat> So, Melissa, so you kind of have like an inside ear or not kind of very much have an inside ear when it comes to some of the initiatives and some of the changes that the government is trying to make. Do you see anything on the horizon, you know, for the upcoming upcoming year for 2019? Have you heard anything that's making you say, wow, now I'm seeing like some really progressive movement when it comes to this? Unfortunately, not internally in the government. Um, There was a a USA Today article just released a few days ago where the Veterans Administration was given, you know, $50 million to prevent military suicide, but they only spent like $50,000 of those funds from 2018. So they held up millions of dollars that could have saved thousands of lives and they chose not to. And so nothing moving forward progressive in, in the government, I would say. Um, our team, um, I'm on the Coalition of Invisible Wounds, and we're getting ready to go up against the Veterans Administration to help create the policy change they need to see and they need to have. Um, but who knows how long that's going to take us to accomplish those goals. Wow. And you're working tirelessly, definitely working tirelessly. And we know that Jamie would be so proud of you, honestly. Um, so, Other than that, Melissa, it's the holidays. We have, what is it, three days before Christmas. Right. Have you started your Christmas shopping yet, Melissa? Because I'm still still Christmas (laughs) shopping. I don't know what Celine's doing. I know Celine waits till the last minute like I do. We've known each other a very long time. So we know how this goes. Uh, We'll both be out today Christmas shopping, I'm sure. Have you, with how busy you are, Melissa, have you been able to do any of that? Um, yes, I do everything online because I think when you deal with, with things like we do on a daily basis, going out in general population for me isn't as easy as it used to be. And so, you know, I literally had my Christmas shopping done probably the mid November 15th, just so I did not have to deal with, uh, no offense, last minute shoppers. It's just something I, I can't focus on. You know, I gotta, I want to focus on my family and I want to make sure I have everything done so I can give my children the undivided attention they deserve. Hmm. Awesome. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Heather, but just really quickly, I, in reading your bio, Melissa, you are a mother of six, four children and a doggy mom. <laughs> I love that. And I'll tell you why, because I'm a, I'm a mother of six myself, three children and three oh. dogs. <laughs> I was re- I was reading that and I so loved it because I treat my dogs just like my children. <laughs> yes, she does, Melissa. It is craziness. I I can't believe it, honestly. Celine does. 
I don't even, I'm going to be honest and put this out here. Sometimes Celine acts like those dogs come first. She does. I'm guilty. I'm guilty as well, ladies. You know, those doggies, they, just, they have to have us. Right. And that's only after, you know, a long day of work, coming home, and they've been alone. You know, at least the kids have interacted with other humans and the dogs. They've been home alone all day. So they're most excited to see us. What type of dogs do you have? Um, I have a 200-pound Antolian Shepherd. Stop it. <laughs> he's about six foot three if he stands up. Not many people come on our property. You know, oh. UPS throws our boxes when they drive by. Um, <laughs> and then we have like a three-pound Pomeranian. So we're kind of living the best of both worlds. <laughs> Oh, I thought I had big dogs. Oh I had goodness. two boxers and a Chinese crested. Oh, I love it. Let me tell you about that Chinese crested, though. That Chinese crested is so mean. So, <laughs> he is. You know, you you think because he'd, he's smaller that he'd be a little nicer. No, that Chinese cr crescent is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Leave Spartacus alive. <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling you, he's been mean for he a long has, time. He has. <laughs> anyway, Melissa, we want to thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us this morning on our podcast and telling us about you and your husband's mission and everything. I mean, I'm again, rereading your bio. I've read your bio a, a few times already. And every time I've read it, I've been like, is there anything else that she could do? Like, what else can she add to her plate? Probably nothing, right? But we definitely appreciate you and everything that you're doing and, and really trying to bring more awareness to what's happening uh, with our veterans. Absolutely. This is really fantastic. Yes. And if you could tell our listeners where they can find you, if they would like more information. Most definitely. Our website is Military Veteran Project.org. Our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything's Military Veteran Project. Um, they can even follow me on my public figure page, Melissa Jarbo, um, and on Twitter. And so if they want to get involved and see things that are happening and have a voice mm -hmm. to push forward with military suicide prevention and help us advocate up on Capitol Hill, they're more than welcome to visit our website and join this mission because we're going to need everyone. Okay. Perfect. It, it seems like it. Now, do you have anything on the horizon yourself for 2019 regarding the project? You know, I would just say we're going to be launching actually a worldwide campaign. I can't release the details of it right now, mm -hmm. but it's going to be, okay. you know, focused on, on the nation and getting everybody involved just to help us create that change and give them a voice. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah. We, our, our hearts definitely go out to all of our, you know, especially during this time right. of year, it's really, really hard for the military. And I don't think that people understand how difficult it can be. Now, whether you have a loved one who is currently serving, they're overseas, or you have someone who has, you know, lost their life because of the military or, you know, because they've committed suicide. It's very, very hard during this time of year. So our hearts definitely go out to all of our uh, people that are connected to uh, the men and women in the military. And we love Absolutely. you. We support you. We're praying for you. Uh, and we're also praying for you and your family, yeah. Melissa, during this time Absolutely. of year. Melissa, you have a very Merry Christmas and a blessed new year. 
you ladies as well. And I just want to say thank you for helping um, get out the word and empowering women like myself to continue to make effective changes. So it wasn't for ladies view today, given me an opportunity, your lesson, your listeners never would have known military veteran project existed or that staff Sergeant Jamie Jarbo, you know, can, gave us full life and selfless service to our country. So thank wow. you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you again. And listeners, you can learn more about the Military Project on our website, www.theladiesview.com. As always, follow us on our Instagram, The Ladies View. We are on Twitter, The Ladies View TV. We are on Snapchat, The Ladies View. And our new Facebook page is Chat with the Ladies. Until next time, have a blessed week, everyone. Bye-bye. And a Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.